Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of In the Spirit of Horse. I'm Mosey Truitt, and today I'm here with Katie Berman again. Hello, everybody. Hey, Katie. Hey, Mosey. <laughs> you may know Katie as Willow's Promise on Instagram, or what, what's all your... What's your Facebook and what's your... Uh, my Facebook is Katie Berman Liberty Horsemanship, and that's about it. I just have the Facebook and the Instagram right now. I'm working on creating a YouTube channel, but it's not quite up and running yet, so... I feel you. I understand. <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone, Katie actually is one of my ultimate best friends. She's actually lives here on the ranch with me. You might have heard our previous episode, which was about... When a horse says no, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what that, it was. So you can go check that out in the previous episodes. But today, we are going to be talking about something that we actually discussed yesterday. It has a bunch of different pieces to it, but the overall theme that I think I, I'm going to try to steer us kind of towards is self-forgiveness and self-compassion, which I promise does lead back to horses because <laughs> the more we can give ourselves forgiveness and compassion, the more we can give our horses such things. So yeah, th this will be a, a very horsey episode, I think. But as always with horses, it kind of relates back to us too. Definitely. Katie and I have actually been doing these daily hikes, which have been very inspirational to me. They're so much fun. <laughs> They're so great. And we talk about all sorts of things and we talk about our lives and horses and life. I yeah, life. Um, yeah, we talk about all these things. And yesterday we got on this topic of our feelings when things with the horses don't go right. Kind of a, like an overall doubtful feeling in ourselves. Yes. And Katie was kind of talking about this experience she had with Luna the day before. So do you want to kind of talk about that? Yeah. So as we talked about a little bit last time when I joined Mosey on a podcast, um, I had talked about my struggles on working with Luna when she wasn't feeling like she wanted to engage and that I had to be okay with that. And recently we have been on such a, a roll. Like she's been so much fun and she's been so engaged and has been loving playing and it's been so incredible. And I've been working with her almost on a daily basis and we've been working on a lot of new things together and just having so much fun and it's been awesome. And the other day I went to go grab her from her pasture and I kind of felt that there was something that was a little bit off, but I just, I chose to ignore it because I was like, you know what, it's, it's fine. Like we'll get through it. And I took her over into the arena and we started doing our, our normal, like daily beginning of play. And some of the things that Luna loves, like she loves to paw and she loves to spin. And we always start off with those and get in a good mindset for our play session. And one of the things that we have been working on, um, some of you might not know what this is, but it's called Liberty Circles. And if you are familiar with lunging, it's kind of like uh, having, like sending the horse around you on a lunge line, but with Liberty, uh, it's completely free. And they're just like, how, how would you explain it, Mosey? <laughs> yeah, I would, it's like that. I would say it's different from lunging because you're not putting any pressure behind the yeah, horse to make them go. Exactly. And it's more like you can stand still in one place and they're leading their own circle. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Leading their own circle. That's a perfect way to describe it. And so we've been kind of working on that. Um, and she's been doing so, so well. Um, she's actually been like naturally collecting herself at the trot with it. And I've been so proud of her. And so today or this day when we were doing the play session, I wanted to continue that and try to progress that some, um, but it seemed like she just was not interested. And I know 
just like humans, like all animals, horses, they have their days, they have their off days. But something in me was putting this idea that we had been doing so good the past few days that we should just be able to continue this. And I was putting that pressure on her of we should be able to do this since we've been doing it the past few days perfectly. And so I I kept pushing and I kept pushing for it. And the more I pushed, the more she didn't want to engage. And it was, honestly, it was making me frustrated. And we got to a point where I was pushing so hard, she ended up turning and running away from me. And I took that so personally, and I ended up getting frustrated to the point where, as much as I hate to admit this, I went to a moment where when I first started working with horses, I had learned about join up. And I had learned that to get the horse to connect with you, you have to send them away and make them run in circles because you are the safe spot where they can rest. And like, there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't necessarily agree with that tactic. And I think there are other ways you can go about doing it. But I had put myself back in that mindset of where I just wanted her to connect with me so badly that I went back to join up. And so I decided to chase her away from me. And when I did that, I mean, obviously she ran away, but then instead of coming back, she just stood on the other side of the arena. And so I realized what I had done and I kind of had a moment with myself like, okay, this isn't going to go anywhere. Like I need to calm myself down because my frustrations are just turning into frustrations for Luna and this is going to go nowhere for us. And so I ended up just taking a moment for myself and like trying to come back and realize like what the eternal goal was here. And so uh, after I had that moment, I ended up walking back to Luna and when I started walking towards her, she ran away again and I wasn't I wasn't forcing her to come into me. I wasn't, it just like, all I was doing was walking up to her and she ran away. And that really was kind of like, honestly, I want to say like a slap in the face to me. Um, Not that it was a bad thing, but I just had such a moment of realization of what I was doing. And I just, I really needed to just let go and let go of the expectation of what we were trying to do because I was putting so much pressure on this one thing that we were trying to get that it was basically having everything crumble at once. Thank you for being really brave and telling that story because I know sometimes it's really hard to kind of admit and talk about places where we think we've messed up And I'm not saying in any way, you just said yesterday to me that you felt like it was like you'd made kind of a mistake. Yeah, well, I I do. Like I I ended up putting the blame on myself because uh, in a lot of training today, um, people say like, it's never the horse's fault. It's never the animal's fault. It's always your fault. And so when that happened, I, I put the blame on myself and I just went into this like almost depressed kind of state of mind, like totally just doubting myself and thinking like, is this really what I'm meant to do? Like, should I just not do this? And I kind of overthought a lot about it, but I I did. I went into this place of blaming myself for what what had happened in that session. First of all, thank you. Like, I really am amazed by your bravery in telling this. And also I relate so much because I think we've all had times where things might be going really well with our horses and and we kind of have these expectations and then we we make a mistake or we act in a way that we later regret, it's so easy to get into a place of it's all my fault and I'm such a terrible human and I've had thoughts before of like, I don't deserve my horses. You know, we can just spiral down into this place of 
very little compassion for ourselves. What we were talking about yesterday was that saying of it's never the horse's fault, it's always yours, or it's always the human's fault. And I think it's like put a little more eloquently than that, but we were talking about it because um, I hear that I hear that phrase kind of put around a lot. And I remember I used to really like it because I was like, yeah, it's never the horse's fault. It's always, it's always mine. Um, and I'm going to take responsibility. But I think I've reached a point a little like more recently where I don't like that phrase anymore because I agree. It's not the horse's fault. Like that part I'm, I'm down on. It's not the horse's fault, but to think that everything is our fault, I think takes a fair amount of self-compassion out of the equation. And it makes me wonder, why are we trying to pick a fault in general? Why are we trying to blame it on someone in general? And why can't we invite a little more compassion and a little more understanding for the horse and for ourselves into the equation? And what I've really found is that that bringing compassion in for both horse and human has been liberating and has actually helped me to have fewer and fewer of those moments where first of all, I'm kind of acting in a way that I know I'm later going to regret. And then also beating myself up for days and weeks about it, just spiraling into a shame spiral, spiraling into my spiral (laughs) of shame about how terrible of a horse person I am. I think it's good that we're talking about this and being so open about it because it's good for people to know that like everybody, I I think everyone who's worked with horses has felt this at some point in their career, but it's important to know that like everybody makes mistakes. Like I'm sure we'll talk about this more later in the podcast, but everybody makes mistakes and it's so, it's just important to not be so hard on yourself because I mean, it happens. There's going to be things that's going to happen that you will probably regret when you're working with your horses. And, but there's ways that you can fix it. And instead of completely shutting down, you just have to figure out what is the best way to proceed from there. And the great thing, one of the amazing things about horses is that, is that they are so forgiving. Like even with the story that I just told about Luna, where she was running away from me at the end of our session, I just, I decided that I need to just let go of everything and let go of all the intentions. And I literally just sat down in the middle of, in the middle of the arena. And I just tried to come to peace with myself and realize what just happened, process what just happened and figure out where to go from there. And so I was just sitting there and sitting there and I I was sitting there for a little, a, a good while. Um, and then Luna finally decided that she wanted to approach me and she put her head down and she took a really deep breath. And I just felt this relaxation come over my body. I I still had that slight feeling of doubtfulness and like I I wanted to just apologize and say I was so sorry. And I I think she knew that and they're just, they're so forgiving. And then the next day when I played with her, um, she was just amazing and she like, she she was amazing. (laughs) I think that it's so true what you're saying that everyone has felt this at some point. And I know times where I have felt like I've made a big mistake with my horses that I've done something wrong, I usually feel so alone. And it's made me think about how I think on Instagram and just social media in general and also the way we in society like to project ourselves, it's always this this like idea of perfection, which I know like we hear a lot like that social media is just this idea of perfection, but there's a lot of truth in that. And I think 
sometimes people seeing my Instagram probably imagine things are perfect all the time or imagine that I don't make mistakes or that I don't have moments that I regret. And it's just really not true. The more I really think about perfection, the more I realize and see the beauty of mistakes. Because like we were talking about yesterday, and like I've kind of been writing about a fair amount on my Instagram recently, perfection is this completely made up idea. Like there is no one perfection because what's perfect to you is going to be, you know, different from what's perfect to me. And there's no divine perfection and it's not real. You know, it's just not, it doesn't actually exist. And yet we're constantly chasing that idea. This past year for me, I, I was having a really hard time with the idea that I could make mistakes. I think in the past it had been like, I hadn't thought about it that much, but this year I was really faced with my fear of mistakes and I was really afraid to mess up. And it wasn't just in the horses. It was kind of everywhere in my life. And the thing about the fear of mistakes is it ends up paralyzing you and you end up not being able to do any of the things you want to do because we're human and mistakes are just inevitable. If we're breathing and we're acting and we're doing anything, we're going to make mistakes. So coming into terms with that fact that we're going to make mistakes and yet we're still worthy and we're still good and we can still keep trying to do right by ourselves and right by the horses, I think the more compassion we actually cultivate. And that's compassion for not just other people, but for yourself. A lot of times we feel like we can show others more compassion than we show ourselves. I think it's kind of a common thing, that idea that we wouldn't talk to a good friend the way we talk to ourselves. But if we can't cultivate compassion for ourselves, we limit how much compassion we can have for those around us. And like in that moment of kind of putting frustration or having frustration around Luna or me around Annie or around any of the horses, if you can in that moment forgive yourself, it's way easier to also forgive the horse and vice Mm -hmm. versa. Definitely. I so agree with that. (laughs) And I relate to your story with Luna. I had a similar moment with Leah uh, a few years back where it was so bad and I was so appalled with my behavior that I, I thought I didn't deserve her anymore. I've never thought of selling a horse before, but after this happened, I, I thought, I thought I should sell Leah, not because like I didn't want her, but because I felt so undeserving of her that I thought she deserved like a home that was better than me. She deserved a person that was better than me. Yeah. I just felt so undeserving. I felt like she needed to go to an actual good home in my head. It was like, she needs to go someplace that's actually good for her. Cause I'm, I'm terrible and I suck. Which is so not true. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. But at the time, like that's how bad it was in my head. And, and it was a bad mistake. Basically I, I was very used to taking Leah out on walks and whatnot when she was young. And, uh, you know, I had her when she was six months old. So she was probably like two years old at this point. And I just, I took her out and I had her on a halter because I forget where we were going, but we were going to go someplace. I thought it was going to be easy because all the times before I had no problem leading her. Um, I would lead her usually at Liberty, but 
It just had never been an issue before. This time I took her out and I forget how it happened, but we ended up getting into just this huge battle where we barely left the front of her pasture and instead I was just like begging her to come with me and I was trying to get her to move and she basically planted her feet and refused to move and I was starting to get hysterical. It It's like such a shameful thing for me to even remember because I just felt like the biggest fake and the most undeserving person in the world once it was done. But at the time I... I had a lot of anger that was coming out of a lot of frustration. It got to a point where I just wanted to put her back in the pasture because I just wanted a second to calm down. I didn't even care that we went on this walk anymore, but I needed her to go back in the pasture, back where I could like just let her be and I could take a moment to to catch my breath and like get out of this angry place. But she refused to move. She just planted her feet and she wouldn't step one foot in one direction. I started pulling on her. Like you said, that you kind of reverted back to the ideas of join up and these things in your um, past that you knew. It was kind of like that. It was like all these things that I hadn't done in forever. I hadn't pulled on a horse in, in so long at this point. But you know, you're in a place where you're feeling so frustrated and you so don't know what to do. And all of that old training starts to come up. So I'm starting to yank on her. I was thinking about like swinging something towards her, butt. I was like, I was desperate to just get her to move. But eventually like it was so frustrating. I was able to get her just a few feet over, like just a few steps in a half an hour over to where Uh, this hot walker was right outside their pasture and I just hooked her to it and I left because I was in such a bad state of mind and I I just couldn't handle it and I went and I walked away and again she wasn't really she was just kind of shut down at this point so she didn't try to like do anything with the hot walker she just stood there which was such weird behavior for her at the time and I just went to the tack room and I sat down and I cried And I cried and I cried and I cried about the frustration, about why I couldn't get her to move. Mainly, though, I cried because of the ultimate shame I was feeling in that moment. I felt so, so bad that I had acted that way, that I didn't know how else to act in that moment. That's when the thoughts of, I'm so undeserving of her. I'm this terrible person. I don't deserve any of my horses, but I certainly don't deserve a horse as great as Leah came into my head. And I still didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to get her in the pasture. There was a certain limit of pressure I wasn't going to go past, which I'm happy. I, I was very tempted to like, to escalate the pressure to really high ends. And I did escalate it. Definitely. But, you know, I I limited myself at some point, which I'm happy about. But it was just so hard and so frustrating and heartbreaking to me at the time. And just so, so, so far from perfect. But once I kind of, I stepped away, and like you said, I stepped away and I calmed down and I let things go a little bit more. I was able to go back in a better state of mind put her in the pasture. She actually walked with me this time. It was the biggest relief when she finally was in the pasture and I just got to shut the gate and leave the situation. And then I left and I, and I cried some more 
and I felt like even worse of a human. Yeah, I just like had this huge crisis where I was I was seriously feeling undeserving and unworthy of her, like she should find someone who's better for her. But it was a really interesting experience and one that maybe now I can look back and be grateful for only because when I went back out to see her again, I, I knew I couldn't get into that kind of fight with her. I knew I, I never wanted to reach that level of battling between us. So I, I am going to just let go and let you do what you want. And, and not just in the sense of like, I'm going to let her do whatever she wants, but more of like, I'm going to let go of control because my need for control in the previous situation had just ruined us. And it was what had blocked us. If I hadn't lost control in trying to control her, I don't think she would have froze up the way she did. But because of that, you know, I let her out this time, no halter, really took the pressure off. And ever since we've been so good, it completely transformed how we led together. We had to come at it at such a new approach because the old ways just were not working. But I'm so grateful for that because now that just seems like such a foreign concept to me that Leah would just freeze and, and not want to be with me or, or go into that kind of um, shut down place. I don't think I've seen her in that place once since that event. So I'm happy I didn't sell her and think, <laughs> think I was undeserving and, you know, tried to find her a better human. I'm happy I stuck with it and forgave myself. Yeah, definitely. I think that even though that was a hard situation, like you said, you guys came out stronger on top of everything else. And I think it's so great that you're sharing this story because so many other people have these situations that happen with their horses and they don't know where to proceed and they don't know what to do and they feel doubtful about themselves. And, um, I just think it's so great that, that we're able to talk about this. So people know, like no one is perfect. Like, like you said, people, especially on Instagram and social media, Facebook, whatever you follow, um, these accounts, they, they come across as such like they're perfect. Like they, they're flawless. They can't do anything wrong with their horses, but that's so not true. Like what you don't see is everything that happens behind the scenes. There are, there, there will be struggles throughout the entire relationship. Like no relationship will ever be perfect, but depending on how you handle it, your relationship can come out stronger in the end. So I so, so agree. And I think it's interesting if you compare your horse relationship to any other relationship, it's easier to see that no human relationship is ever going to be perfect exactly. or that there's going to be no conflict. Exactly. <laughs> and I think the difference is what you do with it. Because, you know, like we were talking about with Luna, you could go in the next day and you could go in with the mindset with, we're going to get it done this day and I'm going to control this and we're going to make it perfect. And that that kind of drive for perfection there would ultimately end up really damaging your relationship. Just as the same way if I was to go in with Leah after that and I was going to take the halter and I was going to be like, we're going to make this work, you know, and I was, and I went in with that same mindset, Leah and I would have such a different relationship and it would be very, very damaged. But, you know, to be able to make a mistake and learn from a mistake and forgive a mistake and bring compassion into the whole situation, that strengthens the relationship rather than like muscle your way through and make things work in a, like make it work, make it controlled and make it perfect. 
It's a very different mindset. (laughs) And it's actually a mindset that has less forgiveness in it because let's say that situation with Leah happened and the next day I wasn't able to face what I had done wrong and I had put it all on her. Then maybe I would have gone in with no forgiveness for her. And I would have been like, you, you didn't listen to me yesterday. So today you're going to listen, you know, that would have been such a toxic thing for us. But if I had also gone in with the mindset of it was all my fault and, and even though, you know, I did think it was my fault and it, it was mainly me, definitely. But if I go in with it, that personal feeling of it's my fault and I did something wrong and I'm such a bad human for this, this situation and I can't forgive myself, then I probably would have never taken Leah out again. You know, I probably would have felt so scared to mess up that I wouldn't have worked on our relationship or tried to make things better or tried to come at things in a new way. Because ultimately what I had to do is I had to approach it in a more compassionate way, not just to her, but also for myself. It's so important on how you go about continuing on to the next steps and how you proceed from where you left off. Because if you like, just like you were saying, if you go into this state of mind where you shut down and you blame yourself, then it's just, you're going to have this constant fear of the same thing happening over and over again. But if you proceed with putting blame on the horse, then it's just going to, all that's going to happen is you're going to end up frustrated no matter what happens and the relationship's just going to crumble from there. So it's so important to find that equal balance and that happy place for where you can both proceed and turn it into something magical rather than something that's just makes you both so frustrated. Yeah, no, completely. I like, I so completely agree. I feel like everything that I learned towards the horse, it benefits so much to apply to myself, which is kind of the point of why I wanted to do this podcast. I think this is no different because truthfully, I really believe that we can only give as much compassion as we give to ourselves. And we can really only love as strongly as we're able to love ourselves. And I know sometimes that feels off when we feel like we love others so much more than we love ourselves, but I I really feel that the more we can direct that love inward, the stronger our outward love becomes. And so the freedom to make mistakes, I really want my horses to experience that freedom because Without the freedom to make mistakes, there's no room for play. If I want that for my horses, I need to apply it to myself and I need to have the freedom as well to make mistakes. And that's not saying I'm going to go out and I'm going to try to, you know, get mad at my horse all the time or whatever, but it's more of like these things happen and in order to grow from them and actually develop something even more beautiful with our horse we have to send it to a place of compassion rather than a place of self-destruction and, and beating ourselves up so hard. I know when I was working with horses before I, when I was less experienced that something, hearing something like this would be so beneficial to me because there were so many times where I just felt like I couldn't do it and I felt like I wasn't enough and 
I, I felt like I was the only one who was having these problems because everybody else came across as so perfect and like everything, like there was never a problem. But hearing something like this, especially from somebody that I idolize, I mean, it's so inspiring and it, it gives me that feeling that I, I can. <laughs> I so know what you mean. I think the the pressure to be perfect is so hard and then also the pressure of feeling like everyone else is perfect and you're not or that that kind of misconception is also it's just so wrong and it's also can be really hard to live with i've been really thinking a lot about how none of the emotions we feel whether it's these emotions of shame and guilt and being imperfect or not belonging that every single person feels these emotions and it's so easy to feel isolated in our shame, for instance, or in feeling unworthy. Because when you do feel those, we tend to not share it. And we tend to not see other people sharing the places where they feel imperfect. But really, we're all just feeling all of the same things pretty much all the time. And that thought recently has been so comforting for me because there's nothing we can feel that we are alone in. I completely agree. I, I've, it's funny. I've talked to, I've talked to you. I've talked to some of my friends and family recently because it's been so important to me to express how I'm feeling and express what I'm going through because it seems to, like you said, like nobody's alone and there are so many people who are going through the exact same thing as you are right now, but if you don't talk about it, then you don't know and you can't, it, it's so much harder for you to get through that. And talking to some of my friends and family, I've, it, they are going through the exact same thing, whether it doesn't have to be with horses, but it could be with work or school or whatever you've got going on in your life that you feel discouraged and that you can't get through it just talking about it and knowing that other people are going through the exact same thing you are is so helpful. And it just, it makes you feel like you're not alone because when you feel like you're alone, it just makes everything so much harder and so much harder on yourself to work through it. I, I so completely agree. And, you know, I'm actually, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking a little bit about what are the first steps to get to self-forgiveness and it's not something I feel like I have all the answers to in any way, but I think it's something that's good to explore. And one thing I've really felt for myself that helps get to self-forgiveness is sharing my story and um, telling people that I trust what's going on and how I'm feeling. So it's been really healing for me not to hold these things that I feel shameful about in the dark because... It's like they say that shame can't survive being shared, you know? I think for so long, like with that story with Leah, I was so ashamed of it that I kept it completely to myself. And I didn't even tell my best friends because I just felt like if someone knew this about me, how could they still love me? Um, and it's not just with horses. There's so many things that we feel like if someone saw this really this part of me that I find so shameful or I feel so bad about, how could I still be deserving of love? That is such a hard uh, burden to bear. And 
even telling one person that you trust what you are feeling and, and having your feelings and your actions be accepted and to see that you're still loved um, despite our imperfections as humans because we all have them, I think that's a very powerful and healing thing to do. It, it totally is because if you keep that in, that's just making it so, so difficult on yourself and just putting that putting yourself in that state of mind that you're ashamed of what you did and you you can't tell anybody because then you have this fear that you'll lose pe- the the love that people have for you it just it it I I'm so sorry like I keep no, having these things okay. I don't know what is going on with me you know you're a, <laughs> you're a bucket of brilliance to me <laughs> I feel you. like that should be a phrase a bucket of brilliance yeah, I mean. a bucket of brilliance I like that <laughs> no I I I've loved everything you've been saying, girl. Okay, good. I, I think I'm just like for all you listeners, I'm just having a little bit of a day. <laughs> like I have these thoughts, and then they just kind of disappear. <laughs> I don't I even know if you're gonna understand. add that in. Or not, but... I think I want to keep this in. I like how real it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely real. Well, like speaking of real, and just this whole podcast that we're doing. I, while you were talking about like the shame and holding it inside, and how destructive that is for yourself, I'm thinking about like Instagram, social media. We have these pictures that we post on our social media and each one of them is perfect because we want to keep this ideal of like a great thing that we're doing with horses. And I'm thinking like when you and I take photos together, we take hundreds upon hundreds of photos. And if we posted every single one of those pictures, oh my gosh, you guys would get so fed up with our accounts. But we subconsciously go through and pick the best ones that we like because we want to come across that everything that we're doing is good. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, I mean, there's a raw factor of it too where probably one of every five pictures is good because we're either making a funny face or we're asking Luna or Annie to perform some trick that we came up with or that they came up with or something like that. And they do something completely different and it ends up going completely wrong. And it's... It's so okay. Like stuff happens and seriously don't get discouraged by that. Like everyone makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect. I cannot express that enough. And I'm just kind of like going on a little rampage now because I was thinking about that. But no, I I love it. And (laughs) I think it's so true. And it's also sort of like, ah, I'm getting so fed up a little bit with like having to take everything so seriously. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, and I will say, like, I don't think, I don't think perhaps social media is the best place to always share our shame because sometimes it can feel so raw that if we, like, if I had posted that story of Leah while I was in the midst of it, like that day I wrote what happened with Leah. And also this was years ago. So I wasn't even the mindset of, of like this, but if I had shared that the day of, it was so raw and my shame there was so raw that it probably would have been unhealthy only in the fact that if someone had act had said no you're right you don't deserve her like you're really terrible i probably would have taken that in so deeply well that would have crushed you it would have crushed anybody to hear yeah. that versus you know if i share it first with people i really trust people who have earned the right to to hear my story in that way first and to hear the shame as it's raw, as it's 
as it's um, happening. Then once I've kind of processed it, now I can go back and I can tell that story, but because it's not such an open wound, you know, and I've, and I've dealt with it. So I want to bring to my social media, a lot of authenticity and a lot of just, this is me and it's not perfect. And, uh, we all make mistakes and I make mistakes and I'd rather just as I'll talk about it. But I also know that when it's raw and when it's happening, social media isn't the kindest place and it's not the place I'm going to go to like pour my heart out in the moment while my heart is still bleeding. You know, that's where I'm going to go to my real friends and my real family and the people that I feel love me for me and are not going to judge me and are going to be able to support me in this time where I feel like I'm not good enough. And they're going to be able to tell me, no, 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 you are, you know, like, and that, and remind me that everyone has these moments. So I definitely recommend when in the places that we need self-forgiveness to share it with people who have earned that, have earned to hear your raw stories. It happens. And then, and then once things are processed and things are feeling more okay, I personally, I do want to like share it on the podcast and I do want to be honest about, you know, what my experience is because being perfect is first of all, so effing boring. (laughs) And second of all, exhausting. It's so exhausting. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's just not fun. It's, it's really not the, it's, if you really think about it, the fun stuff is when you just are who you are, like not trying to be somebody else or come across that you're perfect and you have no mistakes because everybody knows that as being a human being, you will make mistakes at some point in your life. And you know what? You just own it. Like, own your mistakes, own what you've done, and you'll feel so much better about yourself in the long run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and own it with compassion. Like, yeah. that's what I, I'm just so big on that. I want to give everyone just like a big heaping of compassion, <laughs> like self-compassion. I think probably because I want, I obviously am trying to give that to myself, but but the see, the more and more I focus on giving myself the compassion, the more and more I just want to give it to everyone else. Like, yeah. I just want to say, it's okay. You're <laughs> human. I'm human. And really, we're just the same thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's true. And we all make mistakes. And it's, don't, like, don't beat yourself up for it because it's going to make it so much worse. Just take it as a learning opportunity and then just jump forward into how you're going to proceed to make it better next time. Hell yeah. (laughs) I feel like after my previous play session with Luna, where we were both just kind of having a day, um, I'm still in that mindset of, I'm still in that mindset of, I'm not quite sure how to proceed and how to go about making our relationship better and because after that happened, the next day I didn't, I didn't have any expectations for us. Um, I just, I went in and I spent some time with her, and I think, I, I used to spend a lot of quality time with Luna, just sitting with her. I would make that, I would try to make that a priority at least once a day. And lately, I've been kind of slacking on that, um, and I think that's part of the problem too. And so yesterday, I went in and I just, I spent some quality time with her. She was just eating her dinner, and I just sat with her and. 
I gave her some scratches if she wanted some scratches. And I think that was such a healing moment for us because that's, I, I, she really, I think likes that. And I know I really like that too. And I feel like the times that you can almost connect most, the times you can almost connect most with your horse is when you're just being there, like living in the moment with them. And after that, I haven't had a play session with her yet because it was just yesterday when I did that, um, where we've been able to try and work on our Liberty circles again, that we were having a a sort of problem with, but yesterday, um, so just a side story, I took Luna on a trail ride a couple weeks ago and she ended up getting a lot of ticks in her tail, um, which I didn't realize at first. And then I noticed she had been itching her tail a lot. And so, um, it ended up having a lot of scabs. And so, you know, I, I needed to, to ugh, I needed to bathe her and like rinse her tail and put some ointment on the scabs and get her all fixed up. Um, and Luna, one of the things that we've had a problem with is Babs. She, uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure why. I, I don't know much about her past, so there could have been something that happened, but she's very timid around water and is just not so sure about it. And so it was kind of the last thing that I wanted to do in this moment in time where we had just had this argument, um, when we were having a session together and like the last thing I wanted to do was put her through a bath when I'm trying to patch our relationship back up. But after that moment of connection, just sitting with her, it was so good for us that I, when I took her up to go get her bath, I mean, I feel like she knew that I was helping her because her tail was really irritating her, but she was so good and she was so calm and, she, she, she was just amazing. She worked with me on it and she knew that I was trying to help her. And what it was kind of strange to me because something that used to be such a problem for us with giving her a bath was almost kind of reversed in this situation. And it helped our relationship even more because I was helping her in a way. And we had that time to reconnect and reestablish our relationship. And so like when I went to go see her today, um, I went and I called, usually when I call her name, she'll, she's in her pasture and she'll like put her head up and then she'll just, you know, acknowledge and then go back to eating. But today when I went out to go say hi to her, I called her name and she put her head up and she actually whinnied and she like walked up to me, which she's never done before. And so that was, it just, that feeling was incredible. And the fact that she, she's forgiven me and I've forgiven myself and we both have established that we need to just go forward and reestablish how we're going to, um, handle that situation next time. It was just, it's such an amazing learning opportunity. And I'm, I tell you the horses are such incredible teachers and they're such amazing souls. Like, Seriously, you guys, they're incredible. <laughs> yeah, seriously, guys, horses are fantastic. <laughs> I really like horses. It's so true. <laughs> Moral of the story, horses are cool. <laughs> Podcast <laughs> over. <laughs> but I do love that. And it goes to show you, like, if you go in with more understanding for yourself and more understanding for the horse after kind of an argument like that, the next day doesn't have to be a continuation of the battle. Exactly. And if you go in thinking that, then then that's when it's going to be a problem. Like, I was so scared that after that day that Luna was honestly never going to want to look at me again. And even though it wasn't that bad, like, I wasn't out there abusing her or anything, but just that there was such a break in trust with her, I, I was so scared that she wasn't going to want to play with me again. But 
it just, just how you handle it is all that matters. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And I love what you guys have together. I just want to say one last thing before we wrap up the podcast that I think one thing I've noticed the more that I've tried to look at these moments with um, more observing them rather than coming in with all this judgment towards myself is that the moments that I tend to regret come out of times where I'm feeling a lack of control or I'm feeling like I'm looking into the unknown and that I don't know what to do. So now when I see myself starting to face the fears, I think I catch it a lot quicker. Like with Leah, when that happened a few years ago, it escalated out of my control because I wasn't quite aware how much I was spiraling into my frustration. But if I look at the situation and I try to learn from these mistakes, the more and more I see what brings them on and I see where I can hopefully prevent them from escalating out of into this whirlwind of, um, of chaos. And that's not to say that it never will again, because I'm sure it will, but, but it becomes far less frequent, the more aware we are of the triggers. And the only way we can become aware is if we're looking at the situation without the judgment. And for me, I really find that the fear of not knowing what to do can make me look to the past on techniques that I don't agree with now, but I'm grasp I'm grasping at them out of fear. Like, like with Leah, not knowing how to get her into the pasture and facing that kind of fear of the unknown of not being sure what I could do at that second led me to revert back to techniques that I later regretted. So I just noticed that now as a trigger for me. And if it comes up that I'm starting to get frustrated, I can say, oh, hey, here's that frustration building up again. I know where this could lead, but because I'm seeing it without judgment, I can, I can kind of stop it before it begins. For me, I usually think it comes out of a fear of not knowing what to do, or it's an old belief that I should have control. Like sometimes I've noticed this has happened for me when, like we were talking about a little bit yesterday with Luna, you felt like she shouldn't, it, like if she started to walk away with you, that she'd get in the habit of ignoring you. Yeah. And I think that's a very interesting and um, really relevant mindset in the traditional horsemanship world that that if your horse gets away with something, it's going to it's going to start to stick and it's going to start to happen all the time and you're going to start losing your control. And I've definitely noticed that with Annie and with the horses. And that's why the more I also look into my belief systems, that's the way I can grow from these situations is why did I leave this place of connection with my horse and go into a place of, of frantically grasping for control? That's what I've been recently taking away from looking back at those situations. But again, I think it's really different for everyone and, and things happen and it's okay. And we learn and we grow. Yeah, it is. It is different for everyone. But at the same time, I promise you, whatever you're going through, there's probably somebody out there who's going through the same thing. So hundred percent. Yeah. Hi everyone. 
Here we are at episode 10. I'm really amazed how quickly time is flying by. If you've been following the show from the beginning, then you know that season one of In the Spirit of Horse was set to run for 15 episodes. However, here we are at episode 10, and I can't really imagine ending the podcast in just five weeks. So I have an idea. I'm considering making this a full-time weekly podcast. Every Friday of every week, a new episode will be aired for at least a year. This is a big undertaking. It's a little scary, it's a little intimidating, and I'm really not quite sure how it's all going to work out, but it also sounds really amazing to me. The fact that you are here and taking time to listen to me talk every week, it just means so, so much to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I will see you next Friday with a brand new episode. Sending you all so much love. 